With all the likes, retweets, regrams, pinning, and all the other things you can do on social media, you gotta wonder if it's actually something useful for your business. So, is it? Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table. I'm your host, Candace Eisner. Hey guys, happy Monday. So, Let's talk this week a little bit about social media. It's probably pretty clear that's the topic. Um, The first thing I want to mention is actually, if you haven't listened to last week's episode about blogging, I'd really recommend you go back and do that. Um, You know, just uh, have a listen and meet me right back here in a couple of minutes. Well, it's going to be more than a couple, maybe 10. But some of the things I said last week really apply to this week. And so it's just kind of useful to listen to them one after the other. All right. So Yeah, let's launch in. So I'm going to start this whole topic with a reminder that's basically the same thing I said last week. Remember how we talked about the should I part of the should I use social media to promote my business question? Now, if you aren't really sure about social media, but you're willing to give it a try, you're just you're just kind of like on the fence about it, you want to learn more about it, you know, that that's cool, that's great, um, you know, that's a good place to be. But if you really don't like social media, you don't use it in your personal life, you really don't have a whole lot of interest in it, and the only reason you're interested in using it for your business is because somebody told you that it's a way to get more clients and promote yourself, well, you know what? Don't even bother. Um, you have to actually be invested in using social media, invested in using the platform. Otherwise, not only are you going to have a really hard time doing it because you just don't like it, but the people you're trying to reach on social media are going to notice that and you're not going to get the kind of response from them that you want. So just be honest with yourself. If social media is truly not for you, you're just really not interested and really don't want to do it, then don't. That's cool. So with that said, let's talk about the social media topic for the rest of you who've uh, stuck around and you're actually interested in trying it. So if you are willing to give social media a try, yeah, I absolutely think you should. People really do check out social media for information about businesses before they're willing to test them out. Um, That's just how people do things these days. This modern digital age, that's what we do. We ask other people about things on social media. And you know, that's not going to change anytime soon. For example, millennials are way more likely to ask their friends on Facebook for recommendations for a massage therapist than they are to search Google. I know that may have blown a few of your minds, but that's actually true. This is kind of a new version of word of mouth. People don't necessarily like text message or even call each other anymore. They just they ask their friends on Facebook. Um, And they're also really likely to search for a massage therapist on Facebook or something like Yelp than they are to just go to Google and, and just you know, try their best. So it's becoming increasingly more important to have a presence on social media because that's kind of the way our society has gone. So, okay, you know, if you're on board with this whole social media thing, let's assume that we want to use it, but we really don't have any idea which platform to pick. You know, there's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure, like I've said before, many of you can probably name social media platforms that I haven't heard of. So for this podcast, I'm just going to do a general overview of 
of the whole social media idea to give you something to think about and kind of point you in the right direction. Because really, you know, on the podcast, I can't cover things in as much depth as I might like to. But you know, if you happen to be interested in having a more in-depth guide to promoting your practice online, one thing I did want to mention is that I'm going to be sending something out to my email list on November 18th, um, and it's totally free. So if you're not on my email list and you want to join up, just head on over to my main website. That's nixie.ca, N-Y-X-I-E dot C-A. If you scroll down a bit, you'll see there's a box to just put your email in and sign up for my mailing list and done. You'll get a copy of that on November 18th. And uh, if you happen to listen to this past the 18th and you'd like a copy, sign up for my email list and just pop me a message and I'd be happy to send you one over. So... Let's talk about the social media platforms on the podcast today. So there's a few things to think about when you're going to choose which one to go with. The first thing you want to be thinking about is which platforms you already use and feel comfortable with. That's probably one of the biggest factors. If you're already a big Facebook user or you're on Twitter all the time or you're big into Instagram or whatever it might be, that's a really good candidate to use for promoting your massage therapy practice or whatever kind of healthcare practice you happen to have if you're not a massage therapist listening to this. The second thing to think about is what kind of content you need to create and does that feel doable to you? Like, for example, Twitter is mostly text. Um, Yeah, you know, sometimes people tweet videos and pictures and stuff, but it's mostly text. Um, Whereas Facebook is kind of a mix of everything. You're going to see text and pictures and the occasional video, especially if it's a cute animal or someone doing something really funny. And then, of course, YouTube is all videos and something like Snapchat is all sort of like really short videos or really quick pictures. So, you know, what kind of things are you already doing and what kind of things are you comfortable with? You know, something like YouTube, for example, if you're not used to creating videos and you're not comfortable with the idea, that's probably not a really good candidate for you. But if you are comfortable with the idea of sending out short blasts of text, maybe, you know, Twitter or Facebook would be a good choice. And then the third thing to think about, and actually the most important, is where does your target audience hang out? I've said that before. So in other words, who are you trying to reach and where are you going to find them? Because obviously, if you are using a social media platform to promote your business, but nobody who wants to use your services, nobody wants to book an appointment with a massage therapist in your area is on that social media platform, then you're wasting your time, right? So... Uh, for example, let's 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 look a little closer at some of the specifics. Facebook, you can almost guarantee the types of clients you want to work with are going to be over there. Facebook has over 1 billion people using it daily, and 80% of those folks are between the ages of 18 and 50. So it's almost a sure thing that someone in your area who's looking for a massage therapist is going to be on Facebook. Now, the tricky part with Facebook is finding exactly where those people hang out and how to reach them. Um, It used to be that you could create a Facebook page and put up some posts and people would sort of like organically find your page, you know, maybe you'd promote it a bit. But these days, Facebook is making it trickier for you to promote your business. Um, Most of the time, those of us who actually use Facebook to promote our businesses are finding that if you don't pay 
and do like paid ads, paid promotions, not that many people are seeing your content. Even people who have liked your page are not seeing the content. So that's something to think about. But another way you can go go about that is to find out exactly where your target audience are hanging out, like what Facebook groups they're hanging out with in, for example. And you could get involved in that group. You know, obviously don't force it, you know, be, be, don't be obnoxious, don't be salesy, just, just, you know, go in and like, if somebody has a question, you can answer it, you can be friendly with people. And, you know, over time, you'll find that sort of online word of mouth thing starts to come into play, you get known a little bit, people refer to you, people might come and see you uh, for a massage, because they've gotten to know you through the Facebook group. So that's one way that you can get to know uh, potential clientele before they even see you um, is by using Facebook groups and sort of joining them and just kind of just jumping in in a natural way. But Twitter, on the other hand, that has less overall users. It has about 80 million users. Um, but there's still a really good chance your target clients are on Twitter, especially in a big city like Toronto where a lot of people are using Twitter. But the key to Twitter is engagement. So 50% of people who use Twitter regularly have said that they are much more likely to go to a business they follow on Twitter versus one that they don't, which seems kind of shocking. Twitter is a great way to have conversations with people and introduce them to your practice, but it's in a little bit different way from the Facebook group idea. It does take a bit of dedication because things scroll off the screen so quickly in Twitter. So you kind of need to post more often than you might on Instagram or Facebook or one of the other platforms. And the other thing you need to think about is using hashtags because hashtags are a big way that people find content on Twitter. So you need to spend some time learning which hashtags are really popular or which ones the people are looking for in terms of what you're doing. For example, in my area, um, people use the hashtag uh, Roncesvalles or Ronci to talk about local businesses um, here in Toronto in that neighborhood. So that's a hashtag that you could be using. And the other thing about Twitter, of course, is that it's a great way to kind of give a customer service. I know that sounds like a bit of a funny thing when we're talking about healthcare and customer service, but it's a great way for you to have two-way conversations with people where they can ask you questions and you can at reply to them or, or you know, DM them, direct message them. Um, so... People really like that about Twitter, um, and people will also see the public parts of that conversation, see that, you know, how friendly you are and how interested you are in answering people's questions. So it's, it is a good way to have that sort of two-way conversation with people, even more than Facebook, because it's, it's so public. So now let's talk about Snapchat. Now, I often joke that I am too old for Snapchat, and actually that's maybe not such a big joke because about half of Snapchat's users are under the age of 25, and let's just say that I'm way over 25. So if that's the age group you're looking to target, you know, if you're looking to target sort of younger people, um, then you're going to find them on Snapchat, and that's probably a platform you should consider using to promote your practice. Now, of course, Snapchat is all about creating short visual stories, you know, short videos and, and quick, you know, snaps and that kind of thing. So you have to be interested in doing that to promote your clinic or practice, and you have to get a little bit creative on using it. So if you can think of things to snap that would be interesting to people on a regular basis, then and you're looking for people in that younger age group, Snapchat is probably perfect for you and you should consider using it. And the last one I'll talk about is Instagram. Um, Instagram is probably my own favorite uh, 
platform. And that's probably no huge surprise considering, you know, there's a lot of people who love Instagram. Um, it's very popular with the under 30 set, although I'll say that I'm over 30, but <laughs> with the under 30 set, but um, you know, there's still plenty of people between 30 and 50 who use it as well. If you've never used Instagram, it doesn't actually require as much photographic ability as you might think. You know, you need to be okay at taking photos, but honestly, with the various filters you can put on photos and having a bit of patience for sort of like learning how to use it best and kind of composing shots, you could actually take pretty decent pictures and you don't have to be a professional photographer to have a, a well-received Instagram account. Um, and the visual nature of Instagram makes it a really awesome platform for connecting with people. People like those visual things. And actually, if we go back to talking about the other types of social media, one thing you'll find on both Facebook and Twitter is um, posts that contain pictures or video tend to get more people participating in them, engaging with them, liking them, retweeting them, whatever it might be, than posts that are just text. So Instagram being all pictures means actually that more people are likely to be engaged with your content than on the other platforms. Um, in other words, people who find your posts are more likely to like and share and comment on your posts than on other social media platforms. It's kind of surprising, actually. And this statistic I pulled off Hootsuite, and I, I believe them that they've done their research. They say it's 58 times more likely that somebody will engage in a post on Instagram versus Facebook and 120 times more likely than compared to Twitter, which is just amazing. So if you have a knack for photos or you're willing to kind of learn and it's something you're willing to do sort of on a daily basis at your clinic, whatever photo that might be, obviously you don't have to be taking or you really shouldn't be taking pictures of sort of clients in session, but there's all kinds of things you could be taking photos of. It might be a really awesome way for you to promote your practice. All right, that was kind of quick and I hope that, you know, you, you got something out of that. There's, there's a lot to talk about with social media and that's why there's no way I could use just one podcast episode to cover it. But I'm hoping that that gave you some food for thought. You can start thinking about which platforms of social media might be the best fit for you, the types of clients you want to attract, and also just your general way of doing things. You know, what are you comfortable with? Video or pictures or text or combination, all right? So yeah, if you've got any questions, you can always find me on social media. You can find me on Facebook. If you search for Candace Eisner, Life Beyond the Massage Table, you can like my page there. Uh, you can also, of course, send me messages if you if you like to. You can find me on Twitter as Nixie. You can find me on Instagram as Cute Nixie. Or, of course, you can always email me. All right. I hope you guys have an awesome week, and I'll see you back here next Monday. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful to you in some way, or if you found one of the other episodes helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating over on iTunes. Just load up iTunes, find my podcast, and click the stars to rate. Um, I'd appreciate it if you gave me five stars, but I totally understand if you feel that I'm not worth five stars. Um, that said, do pop me an email or find me on social media to let me know what I can do to improve the podcast. I would also really appreciate that. Also, if you want to leave me a written rating on iTunes, that would also be really great. Thanks so much, and I hope you guys are listening again next week. Take care. 
The music for this podcast is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks, Jason.